What is up, everybody? Uh, it's the Across the Nation Station podcast. Uh, we are talking about Princess Bride today. We talked about it the last couple of weeks about us actually doing this podcast. We're doing it. I'm your host, Nate. I got my host, Andrew. Co-host? I'm a host now? I'm no longer co-host. I, I am downgraded to a ho-host. Oh, I love ho-host. <laughs> oh, hey, who is that mysterious voice? That's my dad. Hi, dad. Um, Hi, Nate. I don't know I'm if your dad. I don't know if everyone can call you dad, but I'm calling you dad. <laughs> so this is dad. Um so <laughs> uh he wanted to do uh acro- the uh across can say the across the nation station podcast with us, but obviously because you're on it. But uh he wanted to do the Princess Bride podcast with us, so that's what we're doing. Um it's in my top ten. It's in sure. your top ten? For sure. Where in the top ten do though? Do you know? Oh, probably in the middle. In the middle, probably oh. number four or five in my top ten. I could probably bump it up if I thought about what my top ten was. I, I actually, what I really think is weird about the Princess Bride movie is that in the theaters it didn't do well, right? No, like it. And then it's kind of become one of those movies that I feel like anyone who's seen it and typically enjoys it. So it's weird it didn't do well in the theaters. And I don't... Yeah. Did it cool. really... well, it's, it's, it's also that anything that's an adaptation of something is typically never going to do well. Like, people aren't, aren't going to receive it well. And this was ad- ad- adapted from a book. Oh, right. Okay. I guess that makes sense. But there's a lot of movies that were made from books and they're considered, you know, to be good movies so yeah but back you know i mean we're looking at 80 was 87 ooh, hey this came out in 87 when i was born greatest year because i was born <laughs> but heaven. scary as it came out when i graduated from high school <laughs> <laughs> nothing nothing like making yourself feel old by looking at your own birth date or when a certain movie came out or so- looking in the mirror Mm-hmm. So, did you see it originally in the theaters, Dan? Um, I don't. No, I didn't. Uh, we rented it from the local video store. Oh, so you and didn't even support it? Well, I didn't know. I was naive. <laughs> I was eighteen. Oh no! I feel like the first time I saw this movie, I was like fifteen, maybe when you yeah when you made me watch Same it. Break. I made you watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Also, uh, yeah, it was, you know, you go to, you know, the local video store, not even Blockbuster, and uh, rented it. Um, My best friend and uh, his dad and I watched it and uh, just enjoyed the heck out of the whole thing. And, yep, relative stories all over the place. I don't know where you want me to start. Maybe my first experience watching it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that works. Why, like, what, uh, what makes the movie so good to you? Like, I, I understand the first time, you, like, when you watched it the first time, what stood out to make it become one of your favorite movies? Because was it one of your favorite movies after the first time you watched it, or did you have to watch it multiple times first? You know what? I, I think I remember just kind of going, "That was really good." Um. But I think it's 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 because of one of those movies that's quirky. Um, but then when you get down to it, the story's good. 
Um, it's it's not a, a high budget film by any means. It's you know, you listen to the soundtrack and stuff, and you're just kind of like, oh, this is kind of. Eh. And even um, watching it, you know, I've got the Blu-ray, and there's actually several movies that um, I'd actually watch on DVD over Blu-ray, because Blu-ray gives away how bad some of the makeup was, how sometimes how oh, yeah. bad some of the special effects are. So I'd rather watch it in lower quality, so my eye doesn't see how bad some of the other stuff is. But uh, anyway, um, of course, watching it on videotape on a 20-inch TV, you know, the old, old tube TVs. It looked. Cool. Uh, I miss CRTVs. <laughs> having that nice static feel when you turn them on. Mm, yeah, when you feel the the hairs on your arms and head raised oh, yeah. from the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you remember? So the, anyway, yeah. Um, so go ahead. Mate. I'm sorry. Do you remember the box TV I had in my room that would go staticky, and I'd have to hit the sides of it to make it not be staticky anymore? You remember? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like literally it would get static and I'd have to stand up and I would literally just like just use both my arms and just start slapping the sides <laughs> until it Well, there's not very many me. things anymore that are mechanical <laughs> like that, that that a good whack will fix them, you know. Yeah. Nowadays, you know, uh, a, a a new TV you hit it it shatters. It cracks. It's not Oh yeah. It, it, one of the things I do miss from a TV I used to use all the time was the mechanical chunks when I was changing the t the station because it was there it was a dial, and it would just chunk chunk chunk. <laughs> I always miss that. Did you know that the blowing on cartridges for the like N sixty four and stuff was not actually like it didn't actually do anything? Oh yeah, no, I like, even thought it back would then, help. I didn't. Well, I think it would help, and they would just blow on them, but it actually didn't do anything. Yeah, it was just the rubbing <laughs> of the connections is all it was. Yeah. It was a ritual. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I it mean, NES, work every time, but yeah, it didn't NES. <laughs> we, we had a broken NES where you had to, like, move it around to get the right connection and then had somebody hold it so you can play a game. And then when they got tired, you would hold it so they can play the game. <laughs> Mine was I bought one brand new and it was didn't work properly right out of the box. I'd have to put in the cartridge several times and stuff to get it to start. Yep. Speaking of NES... Fred Savage at the beginning of the movie is playing baseball on an NES. I thought, I, I knew it was an NES. Actually, it wasn't even an NES. If you look at it, it was a Famicom. It was actually a Famicom. It was to the right of the TV. I paused the movie and went, wait, wait, wait. 16-bit <laughs> joy. Oh, yeah. I still don't know why they gave him a Atari controller. That was kind of weird. Did you ever play that baseball game, Dan? I did. That he was playing, yeah. I, I I was the guy that would wiggle the stick all over the place and then push the button, and hopefully I did some sort of cool pitch that the other guy couldn't hit. Gotcha. So and it worked like half the time. So you didn't really know what you were doing. You were just kind of flicking it around <laughs> and hoping it did what you wanted it to. Yeah, kind of like when you asked me to play Madden with you or something too. I'm just like, okay, yeah, I'm going to get crushed. Yeah, yeah. I haven't played Madden in a long time. So I've had haven't had my Xbox basically. Sports All games right. are overrated. So anyway, um, getting back to the movie. Hey, <laughs> what you don't like no, our tangents? It's, it's kind of clever, you know, having the, the grandfather reading to the to the grandson. I hear you blowing your nose. 
<laughs> um, that's my that's actually my wife. <laughs> Damn, don't call her out. <laughs> you know, and so and so he's reading the story, and then they're doing the live action of of the story going on, and uh, very fun. So you know, a lot of uh, actors in this movie that were, you know, not super well known, but now you know, a lot of them are are household names. So yeah, even the household names they put like Billy Crystal's in this movie. I for completely forgot he was in this movie. Mm-hmm. Only knew him by his voice. Very distinct voice. And he popped up in so much makeup, it's like, wow, you really can't tell us Billy Crystal. Have fun storming Who the did... castle. Oh, Billy Crystal played the the doctor guy. Yeah. Yeah, the, the miracle guy. Oh. Dude, I didn't know that was Billy Crystal. Miracle Max. Yeah, Help it's... It it's... Helped it go down. <laughs> fucking scene. Um... What I love about movies like this and how they were doing stuff in the 80s, it, it was always, it always had some really, like, even from the beginning, you, Fred Savage is in bed, he's homesick from school, so, uh, you know, you don't know what day it is, but he's has a fever, and it's always this, like, really nice, feel-good moment, like, oh, his mom's in there taking care of him, oh, his grandpa's coming over, like, you know, she's explaining that and it's just this really nice adorable good feel vibe to it from the very beginning and i really like that about it Mm -hmm. and it just kind of holds that throughout the entire movie like i i literally let it go all the way through the credits until it started playing the next movie and even the soundtrack at the end was good like it, it just it was this very unique movie that nobody really appreciated like a lot of people didn't appreciate at the time but now the next generation after that just adores the movie. Like all of my friends from high school, they all love the movie. And it's, it's very weird that it's an 80s, 80s movie and everybody in the 90s and the, even in the 2000s all love it. It just connects with so many people. Yeah. Um, There was even a high school musical that was done on Princess Bride. It was the first time I'd ever heard of it. But Nate, you remember? Um, um, now I can't remember her name. Isn't that great? Are you talking about Princess Buttercup? No, from youth group. Um, her her class did Princess Bride as a uh, as their high school um, play. Oh, okay. Um, her brother and her went to youth group. Yeah, I don't um, know. You know how many people that was? Like, you can't. I, I can't. Glasses, black hair, you guys talked all the time. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, my goodness. Oh, horrible. Anyway, so, boy, cut that out. Anyway, um, <laughs> we don't cut anything it's out. Super it's clever, staying. you know, to, to be able to do something like that and, and, and uh, be able to, you know, just that many years later, 87, 97, 07. So it was. It was at least 20 years after the movie came out and they did their high school musical play about it, which is kind of cool. I don't think it was a musical, but anyway. We digress. That's cool that they did a, that so, they did a play of it. Now, when see, okay, so they did, it was a book first, 
it could have been a play somewhere else before it was made into a movie, but obviously the movie more popular. And there are pe- people that do plays uh, all around. Do you think the play version of Princess Bride would be better than the movie or the book? Well, I don't read books. I figure if it's good enough, they'll make a movie out of it. <laughs> but uh, I think Princess Bride translates very well to being able to be a stage production. Yeah, it does. It was because almost it's... that way on film. It was, you know, scenes. So it's it's yeah. like just ridiculous enough and um, expressive enough that you can make it like it works as a play. Because there's, it's ridiculous. The characters' names are ridiculous. Like, it's, it, mm. it works well as a play in that way because it holds people's attention, right? That's right. When you hear yeah. it's Prince Humperdinck and Princess Buttercup, right? Yeah, I'm just like, ooh, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. I, I still love that her name is Buttercup. Like that, that just never changes. It's not, not a nickname. That's just her name. And what's, what, what, what I don't get is how come on IMDb. It just says the Princess Bride that as the character. It's not you don't even say Buttercup. <laughs> it's like you guys got it wrong. No, it's Buttercup. <laughs> Maybe it's one so, of those things that you read it and you're just like, hey, wait a minute. There's a lot more to the story that you're not putting in there. Oh yeah. Like with uh Andre the Giant or Andre Rene Rusimov. They they say he's Fezzik, he's the giant, but then they actually put in parentheses Andre the Giant next to his character name, and that right there doesn't make sense. Oh, yeah. Now, so I know Fezzik is your favorite character, Andrew, but what is your favorite character, Dad? Hmm. Well, I just, I mean, I thought Carrie Hughes just played Wesley and the, the, Dread Pirate Robert so well, man. I thought he was really great in that, but uh, Mandy Patinkin also mm-hmm. um, oh, so good. was just so, so good. It was really the first time I remember seeing him at, you know, in anything. Who is, and, is, uh, who is that? Man, so Mandy Patinkin, if you've ever seen, like, um, Law and Order, he, he's one of the, he's like the older oh. cop guy, no yeah, hair. He was in he's, one of those for a long time. He's a Nigo Montoya. And yeah, Montoya, you killed my father. Okay, so as cute as this movie is, if you have somebody who repeats a line like that and he's bleeding profusely and coming after you, that is just terrifying. <laughs> like, mm. I don't think anybody got how terrifying that moment actually is. <laughs> well, when he, yeah, because he comes, he gets like re-energized by the the vengeance that he's feeling, and you're like, oh wait, that guy was just stabbed in the belly, and he's just like coming back after you you're like yeah he gets his second wind and he just keeps repeating you killed my father and he's like stop saying that and he just keeps going and going and it's like dude this is terrifying it's so terrifying to see that <laughs> but he got his revenge which is if you haven't seen princess bride please go see it it's such a great movie oh maybe we should have prefaced that uh this will have spoilers Oh, yeah, this is, it's spoilers all over the place. The like, movie's 35 years old, so if you haven't seen it yet, people, come on. Yeah, it's like well, it's like people who don't watch Star I know people who have never seen any Star Wars, and it's still amazing. I mean, for the but record, I'm... Princess Bride is one of those obscure movies that a yes. lot of people wouldn't necessarily know they should sit and watch. So, 
I don't understand if some people haven't seen it. We we can do a whole podcast on movies that are obscure alone, just listing the movies. It that's fair. And yeah, it, it's just it, it's it's one of these movies that just flew under the radar, but picked back up, and I, I like that. Guys, so I good. I never played the intro music. Um, that's okay. We don't need it. So. No, no, so here, play the intro music, and then as soon as the intro music plays, play the outro music at the end of the podcast. <laughs> Just do both at the same time. <laughs> I mean, I could do that. That's true. I I forgot. I got so distracted. I was so excited to talk about the movie that I just didn't even think about it. <laughs> yeah. So, I want to change my favorite character. So, Fezzik is my favorite character. Like, he's amazing. Like, like Andre did a great job as that okay. character. But... I do want to change it. He's like a small bit character, but it's like the regent guy. Um, it's near the end of the movie. He's not the king, but he's like the, like the priest regent. Yeah. <laughs> and he has such a small part that was so, so good where she, um, Buttercup thanks him before she tells him, oh, I'm going to go kill him when I get the chance. And she's talking about um, Prince Hupperdink. And he's like, oh, yeah, good, good. Not really catching on. And she gives him a little kiss on the cheek. And as they're walking away, she kissed me. Like, it was such a small little moment in the middle of, like, this battle taking place. Mm-hmm. I, I love that guy. I, lo- I just, my favorite little small character. You also made me think of the priest in there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, God, the priest. Nate's mom actually even made a call to that um, a few months ago. <laughs> seeing something or whatever and she goes Bowage like, oh that's a great call <laughs> I forgot about him too as soon as it came on all thoughts stopped and I just looked at it going oh oh this guy I okay <laughs> yeah I think the um the comedy of him just talking super slow and wanting them to rush the marriage along and stuff was mm-hmm. really well done because the prince is just so eager to get her married to him that he, you know, tries to rush him along. Uh, okay, so I don't get. Okay, so the pr- the prince can marry anybody he chooses. He chooses Buttercup. What does he gain out of marrying her and then murdering her? I still don't get that. Like, I don't know if I just didn't pay attention. I but he's like, that... oh, I'm gonna take her and mur- murder her or whatever. I, like, does he still? Is he trying to become king without a queen or something? I thought the whole point was that he didn't want anyone else to have her, so he was just marrying her so no one else could have her, and then he would kill her after. I'm not sure exactly. I'm um, pretty sure he was trying to to gain the people's love by marrying a commoner, and then he'd also yeah. get their their mercy or not mercy, uh, but you know. Oh, the, no, I just remembered. Because oh. everybody was trying to start a war. That's what it was. I forgot. He was going to frame the other country for her murder. Oh, that's right. Duh. That's such yeah. a big plot of the movie. Boy. I, yeah, I completely right. forgot yeah. about that. And they will blame Gilder for her murder. That's Honestly, right. Honestly, I've watched the movie yeah. how many times, and I don't think I've ever picked up on that. That he's yeah, trying to cause... frame... Yeah, well, just I mean, memorized by the flashing lights. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. I didn't, I guess I just didn't realize it. Like, 
Yeah, I guess that would make sense that he's trying to frame. He actually, yeah, he actually pl- speaks out the whole plot. It's yeah. Like this whole, you know, minute or two. So, okay, okay. So the prince wants the war to start, obviously. Now, when Buttercup gets kidnapped, the kidnappers are trying to do the same exact thing, but they're not in cahoots with each other. I found that, I like, that... that, that the no. story could have been a little bit more. The kidnappers weren't trying to kill her. The kidnappers were trying no, to no, no, get no, um, money the, for her. No, no, no. Um, what's his name? Who? Um, the, the inconceivable. What? Uh, Wallace Shawn. I don't think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> best part of the movie. Well, no, actually, one of the best parts of the movie was the rat fight. Like you can obviously tell it's a guy in a suit. Like so amazing. Oh, there's a little piece we can put in there too the guy in the yeah, suit was actually in willow and star wars and all sorts of stuff oh is it the same yep. guy mm-hmm. i actually didn't know that mm-hmm. i can't remember his name now i feel so bad but he yeah great actor yeah oh God, yeah. what was his he's, name? A, he's in a lot of stuff yeah i don't think he got credits on the uh yeah he probably didn't because i i've looked through the imdb thing and I, I like there was i recognized everybody's name but i don't have his name like his name is not even up in they have they have the person who played the albino, which is Mel Smith, which is actually one of the guys who helped make it. Um, so, no, they weren't trying to get money. They, they, he actually says, when we get over the border, we're going to kill her and frame them to get the war started. Like, he actually says, we're, do, we're doing this for money, but we're also doing this to get the war started because it's good, good business or whatever. So getting back into um mm, you're right. Uh watching it the first time. I remember oh, yeah. being <laughs> very, very tired. Um so I'm just kind of kicking back on the couch, we're watching it, and then that scene comes in with the albino down <laughs> in the pit of despair. And just <laughs> for some reason that just totally caught me when he's speaking in that raspy voice and then he clears his throat and then he's just got this clear British accent. Totally brilliant. Yep. We rewound the tape like four or five times and watched that over and over again. And I was just laughing so hard. Uh, my buddy and his dad just thought I was losing my mind. <laughs> but it's such a good part, too. Because you think he's just going to be this raspy, you know, yeah. pit dweller the whole time. And he's not. It, it's good. It, it, it has a touch of, like, stuff Mel Brooks did back in the day. And so that's my big memory of watching it the first time. Um, I definitely missed several times watching the movie some of the things that were said um, that didn't make too much sense to me until I realized, oh, he just said, I'm not left-handed. I thought he said, I'm not offended. Well, it makes a lot more sense that he says, I'm not left-handed, and then the other guy says, I'm not left-handed either. And you're like, oh, that makes total sense now. But anyway. (laughs) Yeah. I I think the... One of the things that's super interesting about the movie is when you, like, with how they do the box art and how it looks, you think it's going to be more of a serious movie. Um, but then you watch it and you realize it's kind of more of a comedy than a serious movie. Like, there are yeah. some seriousness it's... things to it, but it's so, um, like, hidden behind the comedy that. It's definitely meant to be more of a comedy than something 
Yeah, yeah this is a Rob Reiner movie. It's like his second director's movie. The first movie he did, just to put this in context, is Spinal Tap. This is Spinal Tap, which yeah. is you know yeah. a rock mockumentary, and it was yeah. very low budget. And again, it's it's got that whole cult following. You know that almost every musician in the world has has almost it's their prerequisite to watch this movie. Um, and part of it is just because there's you know rock bands have so many spinal tap moments <laughs> bless you <laughs> uh, um so anyway so this is you know not at all that same tile, style movie even though um Christopher Guest is uh, in it and he played uh Nigel Tufnell in Spinal Tap uh Christopher Guest is the five-fingered man uh six-fingered six-fingered man excuse yeah. me yeah did you just say nine fingers? Did you add three I more fingers? To I, I, I was thinking four, <laughs> oh. five fingers and a thumb. But yeah, six-fingered man is how they describe yeah. it. Yeah, he has one extra finger. Also, if you guys can hear that car in the background, I apologize. I don't know no. if you guys can hear that. It's no. a guy running straight pipes outside my window right now. Oh, great. That's fun. Don't you love Oh, what's bad is I can feel it in my desk. I'm upstairs and I can feel it in my desk, which I means everybody downstairs can really feel it. Anyways, continue. Sorry. Yeah, so so I was just saying that, that, and of course he's the son of uh, Carl Reiner, which is you know super legendary director actor guy. Anyway, so um, Rob Reiner was actually meathead on um, <laughs> on All in the Family, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so he's he, he was kind of not super well known in the industry, but still had kind of a he was kind of known. So um, didn't get to make big budget movies the first few movies he did. But uh, this just kind of shows that you can do something that's, you know, really almost magic and not have much of a a budget to do it. Yeah. And I think that's so I think that's what's missing from a lot of these movies. Everything has to be this super high budget. But you don't have to have it. And a lot of movies like this are out there to prove that you don't have to have that high budget and you can still making some make something really amazing. I think. All of their budget went to that giant rat costume, actually. Because I mean, it's a really good looking costume, it really is. They did a great job making it, but it looks like all of their money went to that. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense because if you think about it, like everything else they do is very practical, yeah. The eels, like, yeah, the 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 what do they call them, screaming eels or whatever? They're like the, the practical eels. effects for that were great, yeah. Shrieking eels, the shrieking eels, their money probably went to the boat. <laughs> and yeah. the rat and climbing the cliff climbing a cliff but <laughs> I don't think they really needed budget for that but I don't know I don't yeah I definitely they, their budget was definitely small but yeah it was basically all spent on props yeah because I don't think like all the actors in the movie I don't think any of them are um really big names for that movie except for Andre the Giant maybe uh, Carol, Carrie Ells, uh, he he was in uh, Robin Hood, Men and Tice, Twister. He always plays. Men and Tice was after. That's all after. It, it yeah. is, yeah. yeah. But he he's like it when yeah when the movie came out, nobody was really a big name. It was kind of except like, for Billy Crystal. That's well, that's how they keep and Andre. Yeah, they kept the budget for like, um, or that's how they made Star Wars so well is because a lot of their budget went into their props and stuff because they had all these actors who weren't really 
famous well, at least the first star wars right obviously yeah yeah the very know, first one yeah as the one other ones came out they became more famous so they got more money but when the original one came out that's why it was such a practical movie because everything was spent on props because the actors were not well known you know so yeah i think everybody got paid union wages and they also saved money because you know george lucas told carrie fisher that there's no bras in space <laughs> but i'm bump. yeah okay <laughs> sure that's yeah. Hey, bras cost money, okay? I f- I figured that out living with a bunch of different women. <laughs> bras uh, cost money. But still. <laughs> but we're not talking about Star Wars. We always go okay. get on some Star Wars tangent. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, well, we can try to find, play uh, six, uh, you know, see who, how we can relate this movie to Star Wars. Um, well, Wesley is absolutely <laughs> Luke Skywalker. Um, Buttercup is Leia, but not his sister. <laughs> not really Leia, because she's she's kind of the naive kind of just whatever. Yeah, Leia's more smart than you gotta you gotta give Leia more credit than that. Leia. I mean, young I mean, Leia was more say, smart. Andre the Giant would be um, uh, Chewbacca. Chewbacca, but then uh, Mandy Patinkin would then have to be Han Solo. I guess that does kind of work. It does work, yeah, because they're yeah. best friends, and that kind of work, you know? yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And work. so is is Billy Crystal, um, uh, Obi Wan. Billy Crystal would be R two because R two is always sassy. Okay. Yeah. And I guess there's no C three PO, so you know. <laughs> no, the pitted despair guy is C three PO. Oh, there we go. All right, but yeah, I can't think of any of these actors that really relate at all. Um, so, so when, when watching this movie now, do you still get like almost the same enjoyment from what, like having that first experience? It's, it's a different enjoyment. Cause now I almost recite the movie as it's going. Nice. Um, you know, it, it's the whole thing when you've seen something a couple times, you laugh before the, the actual comedy happens because you know it's coming. Oh, yes, yeah. I think the big um, enjoyment I get out of the movie now that I've seen it as many times as I have is that, like, if you rewatch it, you're trying to find things you missed and, like, listen for or, like, look for mistakes that they may have missed, things like that, where the first time you watch it, you're just enjoying it, you know? And I, oh, I do no. that with pretty much anything I've rewatched. People like doing Easter eggs and stuff like, and, and look for flaws. But sometimes ignorance is bliss. Sometimes you just let it be what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's this fair. is one of those movies. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the big blockbusters where they put all this money, all this you know, stuff into concept and this and that. And then you're going, well, why is that like that there? But then in this other scene, it's different. I mean, Oh, somebody overlooked that. Even though this is a two hundred million dollar movie, you should have somebody that's like making sure that doesn't happen. Well, I was gonna say like I've tried to sit and just like look for mistakes in that movie, and I don't really, I can't really find them. Like it's yeah. and it's crazy because modern TV and movies, which have a way bigger budget than this movie did, like they'll have like Starbucks cups in their scenes and yeah, things that shouldn't that, yeah. be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know even allowed to go through like you would think that there's probably a hundred different people 
re-watching all the footage to make sure nothing gets through that's not supposed to and still stuff gets through and so it's just crazy that something was such a less lower budget and so long ago at this point couldn't get through without having really any mistakes and that's where fresh eyes happened to, to help because you could look at something a million times and miss it because you're used to it being there but then somebody else can just glance at it and go what's that but I think that's part of the beauty of uh, doing something more simply is, you know, the more simple it is, the less going on that could be a mistake. There are minor little um, Easter eggs in there, by the way. Um, I know that um, there's a hat rack in Fred Savage's bedroom that actually has the hat that uh, Rob Reiner was wearing in This Is Spinal Tap. It's hanging on the, uh, the hat rack. Oh shit! I have to go back and watch that. <laughs> That's one of the only I'm, things I can remember. Yeah, and I'm, I know there's probably places out there that have already found all of them, but it's more fun to go find them yourself. It really is. Like you just take the time, and when you find all the ones you can find, you get you know, enjoyment in that. Word. So. I, after watching it last night, it's, it's something, this is one of those movies that can hold my attention. Like Star Wars, I can watch Star Wars. It can hold my attention most of the time. Like I, I've seen it so much, I can just walk away and know exactly where I'm at and then not really have to worry about missing anything. But with this movie, I, I, it like holds my attention the whole entire time. Like I, I wasn't, I, I had nothing else on. I wasn't picking up my phone. Like I, I was just on it the whole time. And for me, a movie that can do that, like that, that's such a great thing to have a movie do. You're making me think of dad mentality here. It drives me nuts <laughs> when we put on a movie, then everybody's staring at their phones. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I get weirded out when people do that in theaters. You know, I just see little lights pop on or somebody's trying to record. It's like, hey, get off your damn phone and pay attention. You know, yeah. you don't have to be on your phone. You're here, you paid the money. Watch the movie. That light angers me. Yeah. Yeah, you know. That's why, I, uh... that's why you get Skittles before you go into a theater. Pro tip, get Skittles and you perfect the flicking technique. And if you do it good enough, you can flick it off the you know side of their ear and when they say what the fuck and nobody or sorry sorry i cursed when they turn around they don't know where it came from nobody saw you throw it you know you kind of like hold it up to your chest and you fuck a skittle at them works perfect every time yeah i you know i try to um like the lights in movie theaters and stuff makes me so angry but like if it's like we go to see like a movie that's like mostly for little kids and it's always like the parents who aren't paying attention to the movie. And so like, I try to let it go when it's for like a kid or something like that. But if I'm in like a Marvel movie or a movie, like a movie I really want to see and you're sitting there on your phone, it's the most frustrating thing in the world. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I think the last time I was in a the theater watching any movie was when Rogue One came out. I think that was my last theater experience. Wow. Yeah, it's wow. been a while. That's yeah. a long time. Yeah. That's like several years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Because I watched um, 
before before Rogue One, it was I think Guardians of the Galaxy, and I watched that out in Virginia. Why haven't mm-hmm. you been going to theaters? Are you is that because of COVID, or are you just like, what's the point? Oh no, I just no no. It's not like what's the point. It's like me just moving into Reno and only being here literally seven months, and working where I work. I, I just like lose energy to go out and try to find one. Plus in Reno, I don't think there's a lot of theaters here in Reno. I really don't think there is because it's such a high stakes gambling city. And that's all everybody does is gamble instead of go out and enjoy something. Like I, I got my tires done and the lady was like, yeah, you can go to the pepper mill. I was like, I don't, why do I, you know, they have casinos there. It's like, I don't gamble. I just want to go get something to eat. And oh, Blackbird Diners down the street. Yeah, I'll go there. <laughs> there you go. Love also, Blackbird Bear Diners, still my favorite restaurant for breakfast because I don't oh, know yeah, if it's my... at Denny's. I don't know if it's my favorite anymore. Uh, like D- Denny's and IHOP both suck. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. If you want, if you want tasty food that, and you're not worried at all about how fattening it is or anything, Blackbird is pretty awesome. Yeah, the and plus about, the menu's good. I don't know. I feel like it's really hit or miss. Like, honestly, like, there's sometimes I go and everything's really good, and then there's other times I go and it's, like, the same thing, but for some reason it's not as good as the, you know, Okay. So last time I was there, he, so. He, here's how I base a lot of my breakfast restaurants I go to. I base them off their coffee and how it tastes. I'll see, I Black Bear so far, yeah, I, I drink a lot. I can live off of coffee. So Black Bear has some pretty damn good, just black coffee, just straight nothing in it. Black Bear has some pretty good coffee. Denny's tastes metallic for some reason. IHOP tastes way too watery. Like Black Bear, for some reason, they're just like, oh, you want coffee? Cool. You get mostly the bean water instead of, you know, everything else. I'm weird like that. Anyways, back to Princess Bride. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to, to think of how it relates to food at all, and they don't really eat too much of anything in Princess Bride that I know of. No, but it, it but um, Inigo he does get, and uh, they eat uh, potato potato soup, I think, because he um, Fezzik is feeding him to bring him back. Oh yes, drunk, mm-hmm. just dunking his mm-hmm. head in water. <laughs> and there is the wine thing with the iokine hmm. powder. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's not really eating. That's drinking. No, but no. yeah, God, that's such yeah, a good. It's drawing scene. me back to characters and stuff. You know, thinking of of uh, the prince and being like, "Iocane powder." I'd bet my life on it. He's just so, you know, you know, proper oh, yeah. and assured in himself, and, and and you just it makes you not want to like him at all. Oh, yeah, so he he did the role so good, and. When actors do roles like that to where you don't, you're like, okay, you need to die type of thing. So good. That, yeah, that and, means and, they do and, it perfect. And the way they, they did the um, the costumes on them and stuff, every once in a while, you know, I'll be watching a different movie and, you know, he'll be in it or something like, oh, wait a minute, that's that guy. Because he looks so different. You know, some yeah. of them you can tell, you know. I mean, Mandy Patinkin with his long hair and stuff, he looked really cool as, as the Spaniard. Um yeah. Uh, but you know, everyday life, he didn't wear his hair like that. So you know, it's he's one of those people too that you're like, oh wait, that's that guy. And then there's oh, yeah. Andre the Giant, where you couldn't couldn't mistake him. Oh hell no! Like if he was alive today, I'm pretty sure yeah. you would you can literally point his ass out out of every crowd. <laughs> well, he'd be towering over 
the rest of yeah, them. like it, I'm pretty sure it would be it, for tallness. It would be him. It would be uh, what's his name who played the original Hulk, um, oh, Lou Ferrigno. It, Lou Ferrigno, thank you. Mm-hmm. It, it would be them two next to each other, and Andre would still be taller. Mm-hmm. Also, oh, Lou Ferrigno, pretty how nice. How tall was he? Um, he God, um, he was. Oh, yeah, I have to look it up. Seven or eight. I got. I got it right here. Um. Wow, he died at 46. Yeah, he died young. Damn. Super young. Um, uh, oh, shit. Doesn't even say his height here. It says all the games that he's in, which is kind of annoying, but... Um, do, 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 do. So it's I will look know up that his height. It, that, uh, he was a gentle giant. You know, that even watching shows like Young Rock, you know, they really... Um, he was um, Johnson really by age 12. Yeah, he I was think six eleven. A disorder He's... called like giganticism or something like that, and 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 I guess like their heart, people like that, their heart just keeps growing and growing and stuff, and it just yeah. So, He's seven four. Not wow, seven four. Not a very long lifespan, unfortunately. But uh, I was going to say Dwayne Johnson just paints a picture of him just being the the kindest, you know, gentlest person that drank a lot. How did Dwayne, I mean, Dwayne Johnson? You would have him? to to get a buzz. Um, his dad was um, Rocky, you know, was a, a pro wrestler, and they yeah. all wrestled on the same circuit. And so, oh, okay, um, yeah. So they all those guys knew each other, right? But he was just a kid, but he knew all the 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 you know first generation wrestling greats. Yeah. Oh, I still remember when um, Dwayne Johnson came out when he when he first came to wrestling. Like he dressed in you know more Samoan attire type. Uh, type of deal and then he just morphed into Dwayne the Rock Johnson it's it's so weird to see these people that all knew each other and then one of them's just gone you know right like it's also like wrestlers actors obviously and wrestling to an extent is a Fake thing. So, so every wrestler can be whoa, a good whoa, actor. Whoa, 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 wait a minute, there, man. That's that's room for argument. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about the storylines. They have storylines. Those are absolutely fake. <laughs> yeah, who's winning this match? You know, who's going to be? Yeah, but no, wearer, what they do yeah. in the ring—that's straight up real. Like they they put their bodies through hell oh. to do that. that. That is real. Them hitting each other—that's real. They do it in such a way so it's less harmful to each other. But yeah, no, that's real. But the storylines that they all get that pre-written. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those guys wreck themselves for sure. Oh, oh man, I love watching wrestling documentaries. As sad as most of them are, they're really good to watch. And if we could find them, we actually have a whole bunch of old WWF when it was still WWF trading cards. Mm. We got a, they're in a box somewhere. They're either at my mom's or somewhere in a box here at my house. It, man, those those cards are amazing. Yeah, that's a step back were, in time. I didn't even know there were wrestling uh, trading cards. Oh yeah, we got um, we got Dink and Doink. Definitely, those are one of our favorites. When <laughs> <laughs> those wrestlers were around, <laughs> we do have the um, famed Andre the Giant getting picked up by Hulk Hogan before he slammed to the um, slammed him to the deck. We have that picture on a trading Hulk card. Hulk Hogan was able to pick up Andre the Giant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He he was the first, I think, one of the first people to 
body slammed Andre. And he, you know, of course, picking up somebody that big is going to knock you out. Like he slams him down and just falls over. I, I, I remember watching that. Um, I That's think it was amazing. my dad recorded it, but I remember watching that and it was, it was nuts. That, that is such a cool thing to watch though, to see how far that will go to, you know, entertain people. Well, I think it's fun, funny how many people will just say wrestling is stupid or, you know, because it's fake, but like the physicality that those people have is crazy. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. I couldn't imagine picking up Andre the Giant. <laughs> like that would take so much strength, you know? Yeah. It, literally go go look it up on YouTube, Hulk Hogan body slams Andre. Like go look that up. Like you can see it in like not even his face, just his body when he's picking him up. And crushing his vertebrae and every, oh I can imagine the no. No. Wow. Yeah, that is such an intense moment. Five hundred pounds, come on. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Are we just assuming he's 500 pounds? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was he's big that guy. Big, so. He's got to be that plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess that's true. I don't know. Um, do you, so remembering scenes from the movie, I guess we can talk through more scenes too, but there's the scene where um, Dread Pirate Roberts and, and, and um, Andre are, are doing their fight scene. You know, we could, you know, I don't even exercise, throws this rock. Let's fight as God intended. Sportsman-like. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> when you see um, uh, Dread Pirate Roberts on his back, you look at the size of their heads, and you're just like, oh my goodness. Like, Andre's face, is, is just his face is as big as Robert's whole head. And you see him hold yeah. up his hand, and it, his hand just completely covers the guy's head. He was just so big. You're just like, oh my goodness, this man. Well, and what's crazy about that too is like if you see a person who's generally like close to that size compared to someone else in a movie now, it's all computers. Like it's Mm. not a real, you know, they're using something to make that person look bigger or whatever. Like he's legit actually that much bigger (laughs) than everybody else. You mean Mark Buffalo can't grow into this big Hulk thing? No. No, no, no. Unfortunately, that wow. is all computers. CGI is amazing. Yes. <laughs> so I got his weight. He he varied between three eighty and five fifty five. Three eighty and five fifty five. That's a wow. lot of weight to throw around. Mm. And carry. And yeah. Carry. So. Back to the movie. Um, oh, oh, okay. Here, let's do this. What is everybody's favorite scene from the movie? Like, if you could pick one scene that you're like, that is the best scene in the movie. What is it? Sword fight. Oh yeah, that definitely the, the sword, sword fight, fight between. Yeah, the um, first one. Mm-hmm. Which one though? It's it the first fight fights? between. No, no, it's the very first sword well, fight between. Yeah, when he, when Nigo and um, Wesley. Yeah, so when Amigo tells uh, the other guys, um, well, I'm going to fight him left-handed because it'll be too, you know, swift if I fight him right-handed. Yeah. Um, and so, and then going into that whole, the whole scene and, and just all the banter. Oh, my goodness, the fun banter while mm-hmm. two guys are supposedly, you know, fighting to the death. But Yeah, and they, they just respect each other enough and have so much politeness. It's like, are, are they just friends now? It's like, no, they're still going to fight. They're just being 
they they have you know respect to not do that while they're resting. See, I would okay. So I like that sword fight, but I'd argue that the sword fight at the end when Nigo finally gets to get revenge for his dad, I would say that yeah. one is arguably a better fight. Only because it's so um terrifying. <laughs> yeah, but meaningful too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he finally is successful. Like he's been making his life to revenge his father. And now he finally gets to. And not only does he win, but he also gives the guy the same scars he gave him when he was a child. Like there was mm. so much. Yeah. And and he like, does fight right-handed. Yeah. And there's like poetic revenge <laughs> to it. And he didn't care to be respectful to him. Right? Like it was just, right. I'm going to murder you. I don't care that like I'm not gonna use my left hand first because I want you to die. Like there's you know what I mean? Like so I'd argue that that fight's fight. But first one's good too. I like that fight. But, and yeah. then, uh, I like that they give it summary too, because it's uh, you know, when Roberts is talking to him after the fight and says, Well, what are you gonna do now that you've you kind of made your whole life, you know, about revenging your father's death? You'd make a wonderful dreadful pirate Roberts. You're like, oh yeah. wow, they even gave oh. him there's a there's a, a sequel right there. You know? Yeah, I <laughs> they wish they would have made a sequel. Yeah, because yeah. like if they just made a whole like movie series on Dread Pirate Roberts and just how it continues down the line every time, that would be amazing. I would watch the hell out of it, that. It, yeah, a, a two would actually work. Well, it's way too long after, but um, behind the scenes, now, yeah. it, it's kind of fun watching the the the, the actors talk about behind the scenes because everybody that was doing swordplay was talking about doing it. And uh, they they said they uh, reverted back to being kids playing swords and going ting ting ting, <laughs> and uh, and the director had to be like, uh, guys, um, you don't have to do that, you know. We'll, we'll we'll put the sounds in, and then and then they'd go back to do it, and you'd still see their mouths saying ting, even though they weren't making the sound. And he's like, no, no, just <laughs> just, just just fight, <laughs> don't. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to be able to take the kids out of some people. It's just going to happen. Yeah. Well, do you know if the swords they were using, were they props or were they real swords? I'd imagine I mean, they were blunted, if anything. Because if they yeah. were real, you would think that they would have made the ting naturally without having to put well, in the ting sound. Yeah. Well, no, that's the thing of between prop swords and uh, blunted swords and actual sharp swords made for battle, they all sound different. They really do. Like, the ting-ting sound is from like the fencing swords that are, they're not meant to hit each other. They're meant to parry and stab. That's all they're meant to do, which is why you get the ting sound. Right. Blunted weapons will make a different, more heavier thud because there's no edge to them. Mm. And then props, they're not going to make anything. You know, there's more of like a, you know, boom, 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 because they're just props. Okay. Yeah. I study weird things. Don't judge me. <laughs> I'm not judging. You're able to answer the question I asked, so that's good. Yeah. And I watched a lot of Forged in Fire or whatever because oh, that yeah. show is amazing Ooh. to watch. Yeah, Nate. Like, I mean, right. watching people's hopes and dreams get crushed suck, but the way they make mm. the swords are freaking amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, and I'd always, you know, there was certain, yeah, in that show, yeah, certain uh, knives and stuff I'd, I'd appreciate seeing. And then some of them just like, really? They're going to do that again? Yeah. But, I. Mm, I like so mm, Forge and Fire would be a whole nother podcast because I've watched it. Mm. Okay, you don't need to make it that way, <laughs> but I've seen several also, seasons. Yeah, Nate turned me onto it. Yeah, also there's uh, one on well, YouTube. I, don't the, show, um, I thought you showed me that show. 
No, I thought you turned it on. on maybe. I, uh, maybe we just started well, at the same time. I'm going to put you both on to one. It's on YouTube, and it's um, awesome channel or something. It's like like uh, awe dot me. I think is what it is on YouTube. But they do blacksmith stuff where they make like um, swords from video games, swords from movies, swords from anime, and they really go through and make it to where it's all battle ready. And then they'll show a cut through like watermelons, milk. Soda, soda bottles and stuff like that and they're all full so when they cut it it has that nice um if you like blacksmithing i suggest watching those oh, those that's are cool. all really good hey yeah, Nate, they made um, a, um, yeah, um before, uh, yeah, sorry there we go before i forget nate i just saw on youtube somebody made an actual lightsaber yeah. um oh yeah plasma yes. base. it's like four thousand BT or something. I forget what yeah. they said. But anyway, yeah, and, yeah. And, it, and it rises like a lightsaber and yeah. it cuts through metal. I'm like, oh my goodness, somebody made a lightsaber. Yep. Yeah. He's actually in the Guinness World Records as making the first proto saber. Yeah, he made one. Uh, I think he's working on one right now, but that doesn't need a backpack. But right now, the one he has has like the backpack to be able to. Uh, but he's the one working I saw, yeah. they didn't show that part. They only showed the handle. They, you know, and then I cut off. Oh no, you. Also, oh, yeah, you gotta go needs... look for the backpack one. That it's so cool how he makes it. Yeah, yeah, he needs a backpack to be able to power it because it's doesn't have like to give the energy it needs. So he's like working on one that's only handheld, but getting as much energy as he needs in just the. The handle yeah. is a lot wow. like so he'll be it's because the, uh, he's the missing from... the crystal he'll be All making right. a pack from ghostbusters pretty soon because that's kind of that same photon pack thing that... <laughs> yeah right. yeah so I mean, he'll he'll you know he's gonna cross the stream he's done a few things because i think he made a um an iron man plasma launcher too but um, it shoots yeah. like a. oh he's done so much yeah. and it's amazing he also did um the, the mandalorian rifle the one with the forks on the end, he actually did one of those. And the way he does it is he uses flares from a flare gun and he loads it one shot. And when it fires, obviously a flare is a giant, you know, bolt of something. So it actually looks like he's firing a laser out of it. It's really cool. Yeah, there's another guy I was watching who does like I went through this this day I went through this like this uh rabbit hole. Yeah, <laughs> rabbit just hole. Kept going. Just <laughs> different videos. And there was a guy who made like an Iron Man shield. That literally it was like metal plated, but then he put like this rubber material around the outside so he could actually bounce it. And so like he was able to actually get it to bounce off several surfaces and then he could catch it again. It was so oh, uh, Captain America. Game, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, really uh, Hacksmith does a lot of cool stuff. Like he just created, I haven't watched it yet, but it says he created a Thor hammer able to return. Obviously going to be using mag magnets, but he created one. Still cool though. Yeah, he created a, um, he actually created the Halo assault rifle, but it's a railgun. And like he had to follow Canadian law to the letter because there's only for like homemade weapons or something or like even prop weapons, they have to be made with such a, a specific chart that they have to follow. If they go over it, they'll get in a lot of trouble. If they go under it, it's fine. But he he like made it at the maximum amount he could without getting in trouble, and it, it's really cool to watch. I mean that makes sense that there would be a, a rule to what you're allowed to do. Like you can't just yeah. have people be making you know weapons. Like oh I have a railgun. Okay, well you have to dial that railgun down like a hundred times and it'll be legal. You know which 
sounds weird to say, but you know, apparently you can do that. Um, yeah. Oh, he also made the uh, loader from Alien, but he made it on top of a cat body, so you have it rolling around instead of walking. Oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah, because the way they did it in the movies, they had a guy behind Sigourney Reaver walking around in this big suit thing that he wore, and Sigourney Reaver just sat on a chair in front of him. That's cool. Yeah. So tangents, they're fun. Um, back to Princess Bride. What is your favorite scene besides the sword fight? Because sword fight, uh, I think, is going to be at everybody's top. Yeah, like I said, I think the second fight is better than the first, which is a little different than you guys. You guys are all about that first one, which is, you know, good. Um, I don't know what my favorite scene is, to be honest with you. I, I, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I like... I like just the whole ending sequence when they're trying to break into the castle to stop the wedding and stuff, and they're like trying to scare the front guards. So they put uh, uh, uh on like a, on a wheelbarrow yeah. and then make him even taller than he already is because he's already seven foot, and they like made him even taller. Um, yeah. So I just like how they did that and stuff like that. So I don't really have necessarily a, a favorite scene because I just think a lot of it's good i like the themes of it i like that the 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 kid is like grossed out every time the book mentions kissing because the whole yeah. the whole movie set up by him being sick his uncle comes in to read him a book and the book that they're reading is the movie you're watching um and so like they'll cut back to the uncle and the son a lot in their responses to what's going on um you know whether it be something scary going on so the uncle doesn't want to read it to the son or whatever, but anytime they, you know, there's kissing, the son reacts to it and is grossed out by it. And so eventually he is so, you know, involved in the book. When the kissing comes up, the uncle tries to stop reading it and he's like, no, 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 please finish, you know? And that's, yeah, you know, I really like the themes of the movie and stuff like that. And I feel like it, uh, yeah, it's, it, 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 it's that 80s thing of how they do it. They don't do that. It just has that, that like, like I said earlier, it just has that magic. And so one of my favorite scenes that's not the sword fight is when you, <laughs> when she finally figures out that he's, when she pushes him down the hill and he goes, as you wish. And then for such, instead of sliding down the hill, she decides after him and they just fall down the hill going, oof, uh, oof, ah. Well, what's I really funny, too, it's is so stupid. there's a path she could take, too. So she could go down yeah. the path. She could, like, try to run down the hill and not roll. But, yeah, the fact that she decided to roll with him, it's yeah, like... Yeah, just, just threw herself down the mountain. I was just like, why did you do that? This yeah. <laughs> but, funny. hey, they do say love makes you stupid. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it's it's kind of one of those ploys with the movie where it's like, oh, if you have something that covers, you know, your face, then there's no way you can tell who he is, even though, like, his jawline, his the bottom of his face, his eyes, you can tell exactly who it is when you first see him. Like, it's not, oh, yeah. as a viewer, it's not a question who he is. And you would think if she was so in love with him... She would be able to see him and know who he was before he says, as you wish, when you're falling down a hill. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I've so, always thought him to have such a gentle voice and stuff. I'm like, he's not a dread pirate. Yeah, that too. Dread yeah, pirate it, Wesley. Yeah, he's a little too <laughs> that doesn't sound to good as Dread Pirate Roberts. <laughs> dread Pirate, yeah. Um, so we oh. are we are actually at an call coming up on an hour here. We're at fifty nine minutes and fifty seconds. Um, so I just want to do like a final thoughts, final rating from everybody just to see what 10 out of 10. one out of, okay. You're, you're going 10 <laughs> out of 10 without even thinking about it. Nope. Watched it last night. 10 out of 10. Oh, okay. That, do <laughs> well, you have any final thoughts Do you have to finish the criteria it? before we rate it? Yeah. Let me, yeah. Let me finish the criteria. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so I want a one out of 10, how good the movie is. Um, if you would suggest it to anybody, you know, um, you gotta, you gotta compare it, like be realistic to movies out now too. Like, and then if you could give it a one out of 10 in placement of your favorite movies, where would that fall? So if you think of your top 10 movies, which, which position would it be in? So final rating, what position it would be in, in any final comments about the movie, if you have any. So we want to do ratings and stars, like by up to five stars or something? Or No, it's out of 10. Ratings out of 10, and then the position oh, okay. of where it falls is out of 10. And then any final comments you have about the movie? Yeah, but the criteria, do we have to think out of 10? Are we thinking, you know, um, visual and storyline or just a, an overall experience? Overall experience. Okay. Because yeah. you're breaking it all down like that is going to take too long <laughs> just right. overall experience what would you so, give it your personal experience andrew we already know you say it's a 10 are you yeah, going to change but, that or are you holding it at 10 no it's going to be a 10 for me because okay. the way it is I, I i love movies like this and how they're made not specifically fantasy just the the feel of it i love the vibe of the movie it's really good uh, okay. so i give it a 10 on that one okay. but in my list of where it's placed, it's a, in my top ten movies. It's a four. Okay, so your top, so it's number four for you out of ten. One being the best. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and then do you have any final comments about it? Anything you want to say about it? Go watch it at least once. Don't look at your phone. Don't look up stuff during the movie. Just go in, put your phone down, watch the movie, and enjoy. The magic that this movie is. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's only an hour and a half out of your life. So, yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, I, I too would give it a 10, two thumbs up. Um, really, when I think about, you know, I don't have a list of my favorite movies in front of me or anything. So I'm just kind of going off of memory of what I've seen. But I, I've <laughs> always been. I do like sci-fi and adventure and all that kind of stuff, too. Um, but since this has got a little bit of everything in it, you know, the comedy, the adventure, um, just I love witty. So um, I I think I'm going to bump it up to probably my top three. Uh, and it's going to be number two or three wow. in my top ten movies. Um, I mean, most recent movies, I mean, I still love, like, uh, Free Guy. Is just one of my favorite recent movies. Wait, really? And which is witty, which is really witty and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, wow. So okay. and uh, you know, it's it's much more you know high budget, technologically, you know, all that stuff going on. But but you know, you turned me on to uh, Ready Player One, which I thought was really good. Not it's not in my top. Also based off twenty of probably, but still what really good stuff. But anyway, I okay. argue with you on that. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. 
<laughs> right. Well, when we come back on to talk about Star Wars movies and stuff, I'll shock the heck out of you there. But uh, anyway, um, so I, I think it, like I said, it's it's uh, only an hour and a half out of your life. It's definitely a turn everything else off and just enjoy the movie. Just listen um, you know, to what, what's being said. Um, we didn't even talk about the fact that, yeah, like movies now are so long. This movie is an hour and a half. And that's, I honestly, I think an hour and a half is like a perfect amount of time for a movie. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Some movies are just too darn long now. It's like, yeah. nope, if you the new Avatar is three hours. Oh yeah, right. and I was talked about the I new was... Batman movie, dude. <laughs> yeah, I I, feels... I haven't gotten myself to sit down to it, knowing how long it is yet. I will watch it sometime, but just knowing that it's three hours long, I'm like, oh. So um, that's I will I will Batman. say it is three hours, and but it, honestly, I think it's a great I think it's a great Batman film. Yeah. Um. And there's definitely stuff that I think could not be in it and it'd be fine. But like as far as a uh, Batman film goes, it's a really good one. But anyway, okay, sorry. I interrupted you. Keep going. Yeah, I'd always thought in Avatar that there was a stopping point where I felt like, okay, the movie's done. Um, <laughs> but yeah. then it goes on for another 45 minutes. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. I love old school I know Avatar. Need to put finish on it, but still. Old school Avatar was awesome. You know, they called it Ferngully. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay so nate what is yours wait dad do you have any final comments about the movie oh yeah fine. yeah don't don't get turned off by the names and because you know within the first 10 minutes you know everybody's being introduced you have to kind of go in lighthearted and just be like okay let's just enjoy this for what it is and you'll find yourself just having a great time okay Bye. Awesome. So I'm going to be a little harsher than you guys. Uh, the movie out of 10 for me is like, an, I'd say like an eight. Uh, there's, you know, the movie's good and it's, it's a, you know, a cult classic at this point, but there's still slow parts to it. There's things that I could see people not enjoying the movie. And that's why I'm being realistic to the fact that I don't think it's a 10 out of 10 movie. There's issues with it. There's things that um, is slow. People are going to not like some of the stuff about it. So I, I'd say it's like a, a, right in an eight for me. Eight's still good, but yeah, eight, a, yeah. not a 10. Sorry. You did not bring up any issues during our one hour discussion. Look, <laughs> we're cherishing the movie, okay? We all like it. I love the movie. There's still issues with it, though. Like, a big one being the fact that someone who's so in love with him couldn't tell that who he was just because he had something over his eyes. Okay? Yeah. Like, there's there's stuff that you just... It's like, you just gotta let it go. But some people would be you bothered too, by because that. Because that's a, that's a, you know, age-old premises that, you know, you put on glasses, you can't tell that he's actually Superman. Right, right. You know, exactly. <laughs> but this isn't a comic it's book. Amazing. It's not a comic yeah. book, though. It's a fairy tale, right? And, but either way, it, but okay. So we're not that talking about the problems. That doesn't make any sense. The problems he needs glasses. If you took them off, he couldn't see. The problems. Yeah, that's the, that's the, from Mystery Man. <laughs> <laughs> the problems doesn't matter, okay? That's a great movie, too. Yeah, Mystery Man is a great movie. Um, so anyway, it's an eight for me. Uh, as far as my favorite movies go, I was going to put it farther on my list than I, I think I'm moving it up only because we compared it a lot to Star Wars, which then made me realize how similar they are, which made me feel like I have to move it forward. Um, but 
it was closer i would say it was closer to like nine or ten for me before but now i feel like it needs to be wedged right in there with star wars and star wars is like one of my top three movies for me so you know it's right in there three or four yeah okay um i'm i'm talking about star wars as a series is like in my top three i can't really put them in order for my favorites because there's things i don't like in all of them but like star wars as a series is like a three for me like in my top three of my favorite stuff so i'm gonna wedge prince is probably probably right in between my top three and my four so it's like three and a half right in there um glad we turned you yeah i just (laughs) i I don't know like i feel bad putting it farther down on the list now because honestly there's a lot of stuff i like i love the movie and it'd be weird to put that one so far down but then put star wars so far up because they're such a similar like i never realized the similarities until we talked about it so yeah uh and then i don't really have any final thoughts you guys kind of took them from me like you know, I think people should watch it. I don't think people should be so quick to judge it. Like, sit back and actually take time to watch it. Watch it with a significant other because it is there is a huge, a big love story to it. So you know, there it's kinda... is yes, yeah. Uh, and it's it's sometimes it is hard to convince our significant other that um this is worth sitting down and watching. But yeah, go ahead and do the popcorn and the treats and the drinks and and just yeah, it's a snuggle up movie. If you want yeah. it to be, or it can be a, a a man's man movie too, where there's fighting and yeah. If you don't have a significant, you don't have a significant <laughs> other, and you just want to sit down with your boys or your ladies, whoever's listening. I don't know. <laughs> if you just want to sit down and watch, do it. It's still fun to watch, but I'm just saying, yeah. a significant other would enjoy yeah. it probably too. I would hope. Yeah. <laughs> there's okay, a love story. So... It's a kissing book. It's a kissing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's a kissing book. So. I looked up while you guys were talking if they made a Dread Pirate Roberts anything, and the only thing that came up was a dark web documentary movie <laughs> about a guy who Very called himself Dread Pirate Roberts. Roberts oh, did like drugs and stuff. Oh, and I was like, somebody just... that took a good name and just <laughs> yeah. So now, if you make a Dread Pirates Robert movie about the Princess Bride, now people are going to be fucking freaking confused. That's number three of the podcast. Um, <laughs> so, okay, here's my question. That I'm, I'm, I want to put out there one more question before we uh, end the podcast. Um, a lot you movies get remade all the time. People are revamping yeah. them, redoing them. Oh my god! Is oh Princess Bride a movie we could redo and then potentially have three a trilogy instead of just one? Okay, or do we not touch it because we don't want to risk ruining it? No, no. See, I was thinking about this last night. If they do re- remake this movie, I want the guy who played... I, I want... Man, uh, God, what was his name? Who played Man in Navia. I want mm-hmm. him. I want him to be the grandpa reading the movie. Or reading, <laughs> reading the movie. Reading the book. I want him to be the grandpa. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Yeah. So rehash uh, the original actors as different characters, yeah. possibly. And so... I mean, sometimes when they, they had... do remakes, they do do that. Right, like yeah. it's very common for them to be like, "Oh, I'm gonna pull you were in the story, so I'm gonna pull you," because they could uh, have, yeah, but have, you, you, but you have Carrie have, Elwes. Um, go ahead. Yeah, uh, uh, have Carrie Elwes. Just have him play his own part. Just recast him. Well, <laughs> I was then, gonna say it would be funny to have Robin Wright be um uh, like Miracle Max's wife. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so That'd here's be amazing. The, so like. 
it would I think it would be re the part about remaking the movie, which is why I hesitate to say it would be a good idea, is I feel like there's a lot of characters that would be hard to replace. Like who do you have mm-hmm. play Andre the Giant's character? We don't have um, no, a seven no 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 foot you can or no, Andre the Giant. There is a wrestler who is as tall as him, but he's I think he's a Spanish wrestler. But he is as tall as him, but not as yeah. wide. You, you don't try to throw John Cena but, in there or something. Right, no. right. And I'd be afraid they'd be like, uh, The Rock. Let's put The Rock in there. Why? No. He's not. He wouldn't fit the character. And that's no. the thing is, like, there might be a guy who's actually 7'4", like him or whatever. But oh, there is. It doesn't mean that he's going to be an actor like him or have an acting skill. Well, you know I mean, what I mean? You could well, he is a wrestler, so... Still play yeah. that same role because he's still... He looks the same. He's just 35 years older. Yeah. Who? The Sicilian. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, where he poisons the wine. Yeah. Yeah. And he probably sounds the same, yeah, too. He kills himself. Um, the <laughs> so, thing is, is, I don't think they could do that. Like, I, like if they just, like, redid the movie and then used the same people as the same characters, then it's not a redone movie. They would have to recast everybody. There's mm-hmm, things yeah. that could be recasted, but, like, Andre the Giant, I don't think you could recast. Really I don't know who, man. honestly, um, Igneo... Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know who could else play that character. Like, there's people that probably could. Um, yeah, but know, also, um, yeah. If you want more Princess Bride, they did do a, a reunion anniversary between everybody, and in the uh, promo picture, it had everybody sitting in like a like on a hill. I, I'm guessing where they shot one of the scenes, and they had everybody there, and then they just had a picture of Andre the Giant there too. Mm-hmm. And it was such a sweet moment picture. Yeah, I just I haven't watched that reunion yet though. I I gotta go. The only so. recasting I could see, like I can see in my head, is who they could pick for uh, Wesley, and that's the Maze Runner guy, Dylan O'Brien. I think he'd be a really good Wesley. But like, yes. um, everything else, like I can't. I mean, Princess Buttercup can be. You can plug in any famous. You could put Emma Stone in there. I don't care. But like, you know, whatever. You can do it. I, I, I like unknown people like as a breakout role. That would be good. Right. Like if they did it like they did Star Wars, right, where you pick yeah. actors who are not known, then, you know, there's no way we're going to even be well, able to recast. I mean, Harrison people. Ford wasn't even an actor. He was a carpenter. He just yeah. did it. <laughs> well, he had actually been in. Um... Wasn't Indiana oh, Jones um, before Star Wars? Uh, American Graffiti, right? Yeah. I thought Indiana Jones yeah. was before Star Wars. No. No, no. Indiana no. Jones was after because if you watch uh, Raiders okay. of the Lost Ark, there is an R two D two C three PO in the Egyptian pyramids or whatever the the ruins. You can oh. see a little sliver of them on there. Oh wow! Interesting. Yeah, that's a good Easter egg right there. Um, yeah. Okay, so, so I go up both ways. A lot of people would be like, "No, that's blasphemous. You can't do that." And then other people would be like, "Oh, you can totally do it." And so you'd have to. It'd have to just be super good. It's okay. All yeah. To it. Okay. So to just to clarify, because we did not give a clear answer here, I am saying no, they should not remake it. I'm saying well. they should remake it, but with a lot of um, care. Okay. I think, let me, let me rephrase my answer. If I don't think they should remake it, but if they wanted to do like a prequel or uh, this is what happened 10 years later or like you know like a kind of like yeah. a sequel because it's been so long i don't think a remake is necessary 
but like a 10 years later or a prequel would be okay. I just don't think they should be like, let's start Princess Bride over again. Yeah, I don't think yeah. anything would be as revered as loved, no matter what they did. Yeah, no, it's just no. You, you can't recapture what that movie. It's again had. exactly like Star Wars. You four, five, and six are magic, and then no matter what they've done, nothing is as good as four, five, and six is. And then yeah. it's it, it never you know you can't compete with it. Unfortunately, even three, which is great. It doesn't compete with four pounds, you know what I mean? So, okay, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's kind of like four, six, five, seven, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and skip one, two, and three for a while, you know, just because, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, so, okay, yeah, so, just with a lot of care if they remake it. I mean, they probably won't, but if they do, just a lot of care. And then, what? It, what's your overall stance then, Dad? What? What's? What are you saying? Are you saying don't remake it, or are you saying? Yeah, I'm saying don't touch it unless you darn well know you can rock it, you know? Yeah. Um, and so uh, just a ton of care in casting and, and don't even really rewrite the story. You can have a few different word choices and stuff, but it's, it's all got to kind of be there much as it is already. And yeah. then if that's the case, why do it again? Oh, I want the soundtrack to be better. I want better props. I want, no, eh. yeah, it's, no. It's go, go find that old rap prop and stuff somebody in it. Okay. I just really like that rat fight scene. It's it's so just. Oh dumb. yeah, the rodent of unusual size. He could be yeah. the same person too. He's he's still there, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I think we can call it there. Um, everybody so, listening. Future podcast. Future podcast. Hold on. Future podcast idea. All '80s movies. <laughs> I don't think I'd be good at that. To be honest with you, there's not a lot of '80 movies because I've seen. I want to talk about the last Starfighter. Damn it. <laughs> well, we can do a specific movie again if you want. And no, no, I'll no, watch no, that I'm going to write down some ideas. And... Movies. I'm sorry. What, Dad? Do what? It's all about all the Back to the Future movies. Oh, God, uh, yes. The 2015, what was it, 2015 when they had Back to the Future Day or yeah, something? Yeah, well, we can talk about what they got right and wrong, which is... A lot. Pretty much nothing right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most everything wrong. Yeah. Okay. So I am going. We're ending it. We're stopping it. We're gonna go too long, and people are gonna be like, "Why is this podcast so long?" So, okay, okay. Just remember, do intro so, and outro at the same time. Yeah. Yep. I will do and... the. <laughs> I will do the intro and outro together. Um, Dad, thank you for coming on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed being here with us. I hope everyone enjoyed listening to him. We'll probably have him come in for some other movie at some point. I'm sure. Yes. Because there's plenty be, of movies it, to talk it, about. It, it was fun. Maybe less tangents and more about the actual movie. Nah, tangents are part of this podcast. That's just what happens. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> it's all relative. Yeah. So I'm going to um, roll the... I'm just going to do the outro. I'm not going to do the intro. We don't need to listen to the intro and outro. It's fine. We're going to do the outro. Everybody, have a good rest of your day. Thank you for listening to us. And uh, go watch the movie. Nate. What? As you wish. Yeah. Thank you. Ha, <laughs> ha.